Disclosure. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, any and all information presented in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decision. Hey everyone, Ben Keaty here with the Wealth Crypto Podcast again. So my guest today is a friend of mine. He actually works with me at Snappy Kraken, but he is also a financial advisor who is invested in crypto. His name is Greg Drawsdown. I'm super excited to have him on. So without much further ado, we'll get into it. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. Here we go. Greg, what up, man? What is going on, Ben? How are we doing? Good, good, dude. It's a super hot Saturday afternoon here in Sacramento. It's like 100 degrees. So um, sitting inside doing this sounds way more fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hot here in South Florida as well. We got the summer showers that come in, but it's pretty, pretty muggy. Um, Ooh, brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But hey, well, we're here. We're here. We're doing, we're doing a podcast. We're talking about crypto. We're talking about exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, joining today, bud. Um, so yeah, this is uh, what is this? This is episode number two of the Wealth Crypto Podcast, everyone. So thank you for tuning in here. I am Ben Keaty, obviously, um, former advisor, now do fintech sales, uh, specifically with Snappy Kraken. Uh, we might even touch on that a little bit. But I'm super happy to have my buddy Greg Drozdow on the podcast with us today. He is a current financial advisor. And he also happens to work with me at Snappy. So there we go. So Greg, maybe uh, start off with just a little bit about you and why you're here and how you got involved in crypto and we can go from there. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, Thanks again for asking me to do this. Uh, Love talking about uh, finance, marketing, fintech, crypto, all the things. Um, And yeah, it's been great to work with you as well. We're both, uh, both at Snappy Kraken. And uh, as you mentioned, I am an advisor about a 10 years now, decade, started off actually in Boston and went to school, no. wasn't really sure what I wanted to do throughout, throughout my first three years. I was pre-med. I was kind of feeling a little bit lost that it wasn't the right path for me. And then I actually ended up getting involved in a couple startups. And during that time, that was between like my junior and senior year, I said, you know what? I really like entrepreneurship. I really like business. And I just wanted to learn more about money, wealth, and business. And those were skill sets that I felt like were lacking that I didn't have. Obviously, I was super young, but just wanted to sure, learn yeah. as fast as I could and yeah. was somewhat ambitious, I guess. And I ended up taking a job after I did a business minor my senior year. And the first gig I got was a financial services or financial advisor consulting role with ING Financial Partners. So it was okay. a financial planning position, no salary, all fee-based, yeah. all commission. Yeah. We were selling insurance, annuities. We were doing AUM. They, it was a really great program with a group called McAdam. Uh, typically, when I go on podcasts, I always shout out my guys. So what's up, guys? Listening. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, love my crew from McAdam. That start, helped me start my career and forever grateful. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. Did three-year stint with ING and Voya and, and uh, our, our group McAdam underneath them. Within that time, right. we actually split to an RIA model. So I got a, yep. to learn that a little bit. And then I ended up jumping after three years with that group to Penn Mutual. So I learned the insurance world for about three years and okay. uh, learned a lot about, did a lot of, you know, whole life, permanent life insurance, high-end like premium finance, 
pretty yeah. cool stuff. And then moved to New York in about 2017, did a, another year or two with Penn Mutual there, but then I ended up doing another uh, two years, sorry, with, with Prudential. So uh, throughout, okay. through that time, I was learning a lot about marketing, digital marketing, yeah. kind of got uh, shut down by a lot of compliance, hence what led me to snappy <laughs> tracking. So I, after a couple of years with yeah. Peru, I was trying to get my business really off the ground with marketing and my brand. And I had built some cool assets, but I wasn't able to do a lot of things. So that's what led me to snappy Kraken. And then that was about 2020, did two years with, as an account executive, snappy Kraken, selling our program, yeah. helping advisors with digital marketing within that time. Um, figured that we could use or we could help our advisors with text messaging. So hence, we actually built a, a kind of yep. a program or startup within a startup. And now that's called Convos. So balancing our my practice, Strasdow Financial and Convos today. And uh, it's been good, man. Honestly, snapping back <laughs> and it's helped change, change my life. And obviously, you know, I put in the work and stuff, but, you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of help and support along the way. And People who we work with, I'm sure, oh, for sure. I don't have yeah. to tell you who support your dreams. And yeah. Robert, Angel, WL, DJ, yeah. <laughs> Randy. Shout everyone. out, shout <laughs> out to the SK team. <laughs> for sure. And uh, we're, we're, we're still going. We're just getting started. So it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's been great. Oh, yeah. And then you yeah. came it's, along and dude, yeah, and here we are. And it's been awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been a good time. Um, well, yeah. So, I mean, specifically as far as this particular podcast goes, right? So we can talk about Snappy all day, but the point here is to kind of talk more about the advising that you do and specifically, you know, this new thing that everyone either hates or loves. So crypto, like maybe yeah. just give me the cliff notes here real quick about kind of how you got into it, who's your first touch point, and then maybe try to weave in a little bit about how you think about crypto, DeFi, all the stuff with how you advise your clients as an advisor. Definitely, definitely. Uh, hot topic for sure. And, <laughs> one yeah. one. and <laughs> it's not, it, it's talked about, I feel like within the private community, like friends, you know, we talk about it or I, I talk about it with a, my, my you know group of friends or people that I'm in the yeah, crypto yeah. world with, but we don't feel like there needs to be more discussion, especially for um, financial audience, people looking to learn and clients of, of ours, of our firm yeah, and, yeah. and mine about crypto. So absolutely. So I actually got started with investing in crypto around 2017. And okay, I will, nice. I will never forget. I was sitting in my office in New York at the time I was working in New York city at, for, with Penn Mutual. And I was kind of not in the best time of my life. I was growing, learning, trying to build all these marketing systems. Hence for sure, you know, sure. what we just talked about, but I was also learning about investments and continuing to educate myself educate, try and, you know, try and focus on, you know, trends for clients. And my friend and I, I have a friend named Jared. Uh, he lives in Boston. We went to school together and he and I actually kind of partnered together as accountability partners to invest and learn about the crypto space. I got fascinated okay. with Bitcoin in 2017. We just started learning about it. We started watching YouTube videos. We started watching Netflix documentaries. For and, sure. you know, at that time, Bitcoin, I think was only what it's 2000, 2012. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, I was I was going to ask um, when in 2017 did you catch it? Because I, I first got into it, I think, fall of 17 with actually my buddy Tyler, actually, who's on the first podcast, got me into it. And that was, I mean, good timing. If everyone remembers, that was that like fall ramp up to. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, and then uh, CNBC, I, I remember that so vividly. CNBC was just like, what is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> just didn't believe it. 
Yeah. So I'd say it was really the early summer and I I'll never forget. I was just, you know, something I teach, we teach clients of course, and it's mostly common knowledge, like dollar cost averaging. I mean, I had no idea about where things were, but man, at the time, Bitcoin was like, I think at 900 bucks or 800 bucks, Ethereum was at like 30 or 40 bucks. Different now, <laughs> now, you know, Bitcoin, what's it at today? I like just pulled it up. Looks 30s? like 28 and 28 and a half right now. Okay. So 28,000. Yeah. Know, Ethereum is like, I think trending at like 15, between 1500 and 2000 now. And it was up to like 4,000 a few months back. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I, I had invested personally because I was learning and I didn't know anything, but I just had a feeling that wherever there's demand and sometimes there is hype to it, there could be mm-hmm. opportunity. Now, obviously I look deeper than that and we can talk about, you know, how I, or typically I would say you or in general, people yeah. should do research but I did believe in the concept and I still do today very heavily, For mostly sure. around, you know, the applications of Bitcoin. And then of course, we've seen these other projects come about with a handful of other utility. And as yeah. long as there is some type of utility or potential utility, and people believe there is demand for that utility, typically there is room for appreciation. And that's what I saw. That's what I believe. And I, I was able to ride a decent wave up. For um, sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. That, that's kind of uh, how it f- unfolded. Well, let's maybe, so let's kind of loop it in for, so say, say you're just some other advisor off the street, right? And, you know, you've got clients and prospects obviously asking you about it. Like what would, what would you kind of counsel that advisor to kind of check out or begin to understand or like how, how, like if, particularly if you're a little bit skeptical, I guess, how would you begin to think about like communicating this new thing to these clients prospects? Because if you're not going to do it, it's, they're going to get it from somewhere. So how how do you kind of noodle that through? Yeah, it's a great, a great question. So I've had this come up with clients, of course. Uh, It's not, you know, I think it depends on the types of clients you work with as well. For example, we've seen our generation, the younger generation, and, and obviously there's a few outliers there, you know, older, older people who are in the crypto community believe in crypto, but for the general, I would say population, American population, you know, people in their forties, fifties, like even my dad, he's a very conservative guy. He's not, you know, he doesn't want to, he has some exposure, you know, in maybe his portfolio through his advisor, because it's now becoming more of an alternative asset class position mm-hmm. that's preferred over uh, other alternative classes, like alternative asset classes, like real estate. Yeah, but yeah. I would say it just depends on the client. So for example, most younger clients, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and even, you know, I would say in their thirties or forties is the most common types of people that we're getting interest or inquiries about crypto from. Right. So the first thing you, you want to do is literally do your own research. And what that means, I mean, there are obviously research um, uh, resources and, you know, you could start anywhere. You could start on Google. You could start on YouTube. You know, what is Bitcoin, obviously. But there's obviously some now things have developed and become a lot more mainstream. So, for example, like Coinbase is one of the largest exchanges. You could mm-hmm. go on to Coinbase.com and you could literally just dive into all the knowledge base and learning that they have. And yeah, a lot of yeah. these platforms have right? Free knowledge base and free learning. Why? Binance because has a really good one. Was, what, what was it? Binance? Oh, I was, I was just going to say Binance has a really oh, good yeah, like, definitely. sort of definitely. free knowledge base and, and it gets into 
pretty esoteric stuff too. You can go deep down a rabbit hole. Absolutely. Coinbase, Binance, uh, crypto.com, right? Look at the the old Staples Center in LA. They just uh, recently renamed it to crypto.com. So boom, yeah. you could literally just go there and there's a handful of free resources. And obviously, you know, yes, they're free and, and, and uh, you know, there's a reason for their, them being free. There's, I'm sure some of these programs or some of these companies and websites have paid, um, you know, paid programs perhaps for education, but mostly, you know, a lot of these uh, exchanges are obviously making money when people are educated and then decide to make an investment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and buy some type of of crypto, and and they're you know these companies are getting paid for transactions. That's that's how the world of finance works, right? It's how all the big money money and uh, makers and asset managers work. F- Fidelity, Schwab, you know, TD Ameritrade, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not it's not it's nothing new. It's just uh, you know I think it's good. It's people need to learn and, and educate. And back in 2017 there really wasn't as many resources. There was a lot of sketchy yeah. projects. There was a lot of, you yeah. know, if Bitcoin is the main, the main thing, the main coin with, which is really a, you know, um, uh, it's its own asset class and uh, a yeah. form of, of, you know, value and currency, but these other projects, right? Like Ethereum is based off smart contracts. We can get a little bit more into that stuff. Um, yeah. You know, they, a lot of the, there's a lot been a lot of questions as to hey is there actual utility here is the long is there longevity you know there's just more more un, un, uncertainty around it right so yeah 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 i mean i think uh i think you bring up some really good points like obviously getting educated is first and foremost um but i think you also bring up a really good point too just that it, it is you know it's still kind of wild west in a lot of ways it's not as maybe crazy as it was in 2017 when people didn't believe in Bitcoin and Ethereum, but like uh, there's, you know, there's going to be winners and losers for sure. Like I, the simple analogy I use for a lot of people is just think about the dot-com, the dot-com run up. Like there are so many of those web companies that just didn't make it. But then inside there you had Microsoft, Oracle, um, Amazon, you know, Intel, yeah, Amazon, a bunch of other companies that have changed the world. So um, maybe, maybe a good place to go is like, you know, how, how as an advisor, do you kind of counsel people to evaluate, you know, an investment of something like that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when, well, a lot of, a lot of our clients that I work with, actually really rely on us to, to help educate them around risk sure. and obviously, you know, their time horizon. And a lot of people that we speak with don't actually, most, most people it's, it's not to their, you know, it's no one's fault. It's just, it is what it is. I think the financial literacy, you know, an education system, oh, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. It's lacking, <laughs> but you know, we, we help first build like a, a basic financial blueprint. We help them establish their own goals. What are yeah. they looking for? today, what are they looking for in the next three to five years or down the road? Is it, you know, what are their objectives? What are their concerns? How Mm -hmm. are they feeling about the market right now? And we collect all that data and we kind of put these facts, meaning their actual financial data and information they have today and their feelings, right? What they want for themselves and their families throughout the remainder of their life. And we put that data together and we, we, we go through a process and it's called actually helping them define their own true wealth. So, you know, wealth, in my opinion, isn't just financial, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's other aspects to life than just the finance piece. Money is really just a tool and, it, and it's designed to help you live your ideal lifestyle, right? And, and, yeah. and bring you some sort of happiness, but money doesn't bring you complete happiness, right? You have mm-hmm. to find that in other things. So 
For example, we help them understand and define their own core values. We help them understand or define, and, and it really comes from them, you know, what, what they value regarding like ex- their own experiences, or maybe they're, you know, they want to contribute in a certain way back to society or back to their loved ones. So there's really a few pillars that we go through with them. And then through that process, we help them understand through a financial plan, where they are today, where they want to be. We build out, you know, what is the probability of success if they're, if they keep saving the way they're saving, investing the way they're investing, they reach their goals. And then we have an investment discussion, right? If, if the conversation is around investments, right, we talk about and educate them about how much risk their current portfolio is taking. If they're all in cash, then they're not taking any risk. And there's (laughs) downsides to that. They're subject to high inflation, which I think uh, the Fed just announced is around like 8% oh, man. right now. Yeah. There's another right. story we could get into. Another, what was it? Yeah. 8.6 8. annualized. Yeah. Um, yep. So not what, not what it, anyone expected. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, you know, we, we have a, we use softwares and we use the up, most updated technology. I mean, you know, right. Riskalyze is a great tool to help people understand yeah. risk and it's on a speedometer from zero to a hundred, hundred being the most yeah. risky, zero being the less, the, the least risky. Right. Yeah. And then helping them understand the types of investments that are out there that they could potentially buy into in the market to help them accomplish their goals. That could be stocks, that could be bonds, that could be ETF vehicles, mutual mm-hmm. funds, right? Helping them understand the cost differences between certain um, certain asset classes and certain vehicles. And then obviously those are, I would say, you know, stocks and bonds, the main asset classes, but alternative asset classes, right? Real estate, commodities, yeah. and now crypto, are, yeah. you know, it's, it's been shown, studies have shown that if you have a portion of your portfolio in some type of alternative asset class, it'll help your portfolio be more diversified. It'll also give it a, a potential to have more upside potential, right? Yeah. And, and, and likely reduce risk um, most of the time. You have to, obviously it depends on the, the client in the portfolio. But um, yeah. so crypto specifically, right? Like how do we educate and talk about making investments in crypto? I, I would say there's really four, uh, objectives or there's four ways, right, to be doing your own research. Number one is utility, right? So what does the project do? Um, is it really yeah. needed or is it proven to actually improve something in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the second would be who's the team, right? And this yeah. is the same, these are the, some of the same foundations that we use to make our own investment decisions and recommendations for clients too, right? Who's the team? Who's managing sure. the the project? What is their background story, right? Are they are they holding coins? Are they um, yeah. are they you know vested in the project? Right, just there's levels to that. I would say a third is understanding the uh, in specifically in crypto coin metrics. So, for example, is the project and and you know we can get more into detail to this, but to keep it a, at a high level, is it inflationary? Is it deflationary? Right? Mm-hmm. Are they burning coins to keep it deflationary? Right? Um, yeah. Or, you know, how, how does it kind of come to consensus? And then the fourth is, is really adoption, right? How big is yeah, the market yeah. cap? Are they growing by the day? You know, these types of uh, conversations, do they have institutional backing? So these are the kind of pillars that I would say most people should use, uh, or really, I mean, people should just use when it comes to making their own uh, investment decisions and doing their own research. Sure. Yeah. So do... Uh... Specifically for you and your clients, do do people come to you and approach you with like, hey, I saw this sort of crypto or I saw this project, like what are your thoughts on it? Or do you tend to maybe stick towards, you know, your top 10 on coin market cap and kind of do your blue chip crypto type 
investments? Yeah, great question. So right now, the world of actually investing in crypto and and uh, crypto holdings directly in the financial services world is still very young. Um, there's yeah. not there's not really much ability to do that. In fact, there's only a few companies that I own that I know of. Maybe you know of others that I haven't heard of. But this mm-hmm. is why we we have these conversations yeah. and learn yeah, from each sure. other. <laughs> you know, for example, like a company like OnRamp, they've partnered with yep. certain custodians like Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, they're able to actually, uh, view client portfolios. And I believe even, even custody, uh, client portfolios, uh, for crypto specifically. So they could buy, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, mm-hmm. data, just, just to name a few examples. Um, yeah. so for us, the way we give our clients crypto exposure is we actually don't invest directly into their holdings. Like I'm like, we don't manage their own Bitcoin portfolio in their own yeah. wallet, right? Yeah. So yeah. you could like places you could buy Bitcoin or 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 other crypto coins. You could have your own wallet. Typically, the, the first place you have to do is you have to get money from your bank account in, in onto an exchange. An exchange could mm-hmm. be like Coinbase, right? That's one yeah. of the most common exchanges or a Binance, right? Yeah. And then from there, you could hold your crypto on the platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that has... Uh, the risk of doing that is, you know, if they do get hacked, if Coinbase or B- Binance were to get hacked, you're, you could be potential for uh, losing your crypto assets. Now, a lot of these, yeah. you know, um, exchanges have, have insurance. insurance. Yeah, they have insurance. The other combination thing of do, hot and cold storage and various ex- exactly. protocols so, and all that stuff. Right. So hot storage would be like actually keeping it on the exchange. But if you wanted to take it off the exchange, let's say you're holding Bitcoin for a long time, because you're a long-term investor and you really believe in its utility and where it's going, you could put it in a cold wallet. So you could put it in like a nano wallet, just like a USB device, right? Yeah. And you need to make sure you have the password and the key. You can't lose that yeah. because if you do, <laughs> you can yeah. literally lose all your crypto yeah. and it's digitally and ingrained it's, and, it's device and you can't get it off. So <laughs> whatever you do, people, if you're listening, don't lose your passwords, you know, make sure you're organized, yeah. really disciplined with all that stuff. But yeah, that's would, how... Uh... Yeah, sorry. Oh, just just to say real quick, like yeah. I, I think that's something that a lot of people. I mean, my wife, for example, like thinks it's nuts that we've got you know this slug of money on a hard drive in a safe at home, you know, like and yeah. then I show her the passwords and here's you know here's where you go for help and like everything's here and then she just is it's like terrified. So it's like, extremely complicated. It is. It's yeah. so complicated and. I, I've actually had this conversation with my wife and, and, you know, I, we haven't even gotten to that point. I, I'm still writing kind of like my backup plan. Hey, these are the instructions, kind of like an instruction yeah. manual for like everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Household, right. And this yeah. is just a good practice in, in doing financial planning is writing an instruction manual for, you know, if you're the one man- managing most of the money in your household to then yeah. you know, where, where, like, where, where is everything? Right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing I was going to mention, Ben, is that the way we invest for clients is we, we typically use, um, you know, other fund managers. So like there's a grayscale Bitcoin trust or grayscale Ethereum trust where, Mm -hmm. uh, that is, you know, uh, on the public markets and advisors can actually purchase that fund in their, in a portfolio for their clients. So that's, that's how we give our clients exposure. Now, other ways to get exposure is if you're not investing directly in like a, a, a coin, like Ethereum or, or, Bitcoin. And those are the two main popular ones that are most mainstream for yeah, yeah. the general retail clients to get exposure to, but you could invest in the crypto space 
right? Because Coinbase is now publicly listed. Is publicly so, traded stock or MicroStrat or any of these other companies that have exposure? I mean, yep. uh, what is it? Fidelity is getting big into crypto. Huge. Like, they fast. have a whole huge, huge. They have a whole digital asset program now. They they've announced. Uh, I was at this conference last week. I was actually at Jeff Seckinger's zero percent conference. It was uh, really good. A lot of value yeah. packed in the day, and and he there was a couple. Bitcoin, there's a couple of blockchain and crypto presentations, but uh, I remember them showing one of the presenters showing that there was Fidelity Digital Asset Management, you know, believes that this is the top alternative asset class to be in right now, right? Over yeah. preferred over like real estate. So yeah. to me, that says something a lot about where we are right now and where the industry is going. Now, granted, it's extremely volatile. Right. Oh, yeah. like, sure. <laughs> it's sometimes like it, it, it eats me alive too. Like I, I, I'm a young guy, I can take a lot of risk, but that's the other thing yeah. is like when you're investing, you need to make sure that the capital you allocate into risky investments, you're willing to stomach because, you know, you really yeah. should have, this is why it's important to diversify. You know, if you have most of your money and things that you know are, are not as volatile, you're not stressing out at night and I can sleep peacefully where yeah. I've had some clients who've recently come to me saying, you know, they're, they're choosing very risky tech stocks or they're invested all in crypto and, they're yeah. highly leveraged in these very risky asset classes and you know they're they're having trouble like like with anxiety and sleeping and that's oh, why yeah. they to, to re it, relook at everything. So it's easy to get like recency bias, particularly when the Fed's been at your back for a decade and you know, just buy the dip, right? Super easy, easy money, yeah. easy game. Um that appears to be changing though. But yeah, that I think that's a really good point. Like, you know, being able to truly stomach the risk that you're signing up for right because yeah. it's all gravy on the way up everyone loves to win but are you yeah. are you willing to you know go through the crypto winner and stomach a 50 percent loss maybe at a minimum like it might be even greater you know right so it often is right now especially depends right on now. what you're invested in yeah 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 and and you know i would say if if there's if you're looking to get into crypto or you're looking or you are investing the, 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 the best, I would say place to generally start or, you know, is obviously your large cap, right? So just like any sure. other asset classes, like there's large cap yeah. companies on the stock market, mid cap, small cap, their market capitalization, right? How much money is in these projects, um, which can often signify how well they're doing. There's other metrics, of course, but yeah. you know, your large cap, you know, are your top 10 blockchain or crypto holdings, the Bitcoins, the Ethereum's of the world, right? Yeah. The Cardano's. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, just to throw an iron in that fire though, I mean, the, the Terra Luna breakup a, a month or so back, like just shows oh, yeah. you how, how you still have to be really engaged and understand kind of what, um, you know, like you said earlier, like the team, the project, the utility, all these things. And even then, if you still feel like you got to get a handle on it, like it could still Oh, definitely. Potentially be, you know, a situation like, like Luna. And I mean, I guess, you know, uh, like going back, going back to the nineties and like defending currency pegs is tough. So the fact that they tried to do that in a, in a coin, maybe a little history lesson would have been helpful, but, um, you know, like that was what a top 10 coin that, that just tanked. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, I mean, that, that, that you're exactly right. It's a great point. You got to be aware of, of what you're investing in because things can, especially with such a new space and, you know, new as newer asset class, generally speaking, right. I mean, 
obviously companies in the stock market has, has been all, you know, over a hundred years old, you know, this, this case is about a decade old. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 10, 10 years. Call so it. sure. Yeah. There's so much. You still with me? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a, a small freeze there okay. for a second. <laughs> Okay. All good. So yeah, yeah, you know, this, this space is a decade old and it's young. It's it, there's, you know, things can change on the daily. So that's the other thing is like, if you want it and you want may, people may want to invest in crypto because it's, they, they hear about it from their friends, but they don't really understand a lot of the risks that can go into it. Right. If you're not paying attention to your investments in this space every day, yeah, you know, you, you, you may, you may lose now, granted yeah. you may ride a wave. Right. But that's yeah. again, there's different levels you know, to investing. And actually, um, my buddy, Jeff really did a good job of explaining like the efficient frontier and what that means is, um, right. So in, in, in investing the efficient frontier, there's something called modern portfolio theory founded by a guy named Harry Markowitz. And he just was a world renowned economist that helped establish a framework for how much, uh, potential return one could get versus the amount of risk that they take. Right. And it's, you know, if you look at like on a chart, it's like, it looks like a, an L chart yeah. and then there's a line and that's like the efficient frontiers, like the line and directly in the middle. And then, you know, there's more risky over here and less risky over here. Right. So for example, you know, like gold, right. Is a very, um, you know, I would say more stable cause it, you know, um, the economy used to run on it. And, you know, maybe a, a little bit lower of expected return, whereas like venture capital is like very high, higher risk, but high reward, right? And crypto kind of lays right near that venture capital or private equity space, right? Stocks and real estate and ETFs, it depends on the sector, of course, are a little bit lower yeah. on the risk scale. Yeah, yeah. Scale. But Here's a good little put, visual for anyone who might be paying attention um, yeah, online yeah, here. But, share, um, share it up, man. Yeah, exactly. So like, you can see like on the left side, right. Or, or you can see where bonds are and uh, efficient portfolios in that line, like bonds are, are, you know, um, a standard deviation is just a measure of risk. You can think about that as risk, right. Yeah. And then bonds are towards the bottom, bottom a little bit stocks are a little bit higher to the right and a little yeah. bit up on the graph. And then like emerging markets on the top are, you know, things that like private equity companies, right. Venture capital companies and crypto would probably lie right there. And yeah, maybe even, within, maybe even higher, probably yeah. higher into the right. <laughs> yep. And, and within the, within the crypto space specifically, um, there are right. Like real, realistically speaking, like Bitcoin. So if we talk about all the assets within the crypto world, Bitcoin would be like where near where, you know, not exactly. Okay. Let's literally, but like kind of where cash is right. It, yeah. it, we're not ignore the percentages just on regards to the risk return, like Bitcoin would be there. And then for example, as you go up a little bit, right. You have payment coins, smart contracts, right. Like yeah. Ethereum and like Ethereum, the, met- the metaverse. Like, yeah. Yeah. The metaverse and NFTs is kind of like where emerging markets lies. Right. So, and, and DeFi, the decentralized finance, right. And the ability to like lend your, your crypto out and get a, a return based off the, you know, protocol, um, and the liquidity pool that other, you know, uh, holders are, are putting their crypto in. It's, it's, it's extremely complex, but you know, this is what people need to understand, right? This is not a chart of, of crypto efficient frontier, but in order to smartly invest, you have to understand the crypto and blockchain frontier. And I will, I would just give a shout out to my buddy, Jeff Seconder, 
yeah, at zero percent. Sure. And Orca, who runs a he runs a hedge fund. Uh, he has a, a couple funds at Orca Capital. He does a fantastic job of explaining. He's a former financial advisor, no longer now, but yeah, um, yeah. they're they're a financial education company, and he does a great job of explaining all this stuff. Um, so I actually do encourage if you're listening to check out his free content on YouTube. Um, okay. but it's, he, he really does a great job and I just saw an amazing, you know, presentation by him and I've, I've been to a few and I've, I've been following Jeff for, for a while now. So I, I would say he's a, that's a great resource for people just, just as a quick shout out, yeah. but yeah, man, yeah. I can go on and on. I'm going to, I don't know if we have, yeah, to let's, uh, let's see. I, I got a, let's see. I might have a couple other questions here for you. Um, what, a I guess just kind of pivoting back to the advisor, like what, uh, what are the advisors in your network kind of, I guess, uh, what is the general consensus? Cause like I threw this out on LinkedIn to the network of advisors I have. And it, and it seems like I was actually kind of surprised to see that it's, it's more of kind of a 50, 50 breakdown of people who are, you know, willing, and I would say just even willing to accept a new asset class and begin to approach it. And then the other side of that coin is that there's still a lot of people there who just do not, do not see it still kind of view it as like this, you know, tech enabled Ponzi scheme. Um, I'd, I'd be curious to know, like, you know, through your network of friends in the industry, what, what, what do people think? So I would say it's mixed, you know, the forward thinking advisor, whose clients may be a little bit younger and tech driven, or, you know, we believe it there actually, there's another presentation I saw a couple of weeks ago, right? Like I personally consider myself a futurist. What does that mean? Sure, Future, sure. Probably you too, right? I, I, the definition in essence is looking to the future, fascinated by how, you know, how we progress as a human species, the technology that's coming about that can impact society right? In a positive way, extremely positive way that can change the way we live and, and, and the decisions we make and, you know, how, you know, in 20 or 30 years, who knows, there could be flying cars, like, you know, that, that kind oh, of man, ideology. I've been, yeah. I've been waiting for the Jetsons for a long time, but it seems like we're <laughs> close. Like it, It's, it's like got that Star Wars, uh, like it, one day I envision like the way Star Wars is, is like how our society will function. But yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's also a little bit scary to think about that just because there's actually so many bad drivers out there, but anyway, that's another, <laughs> <subject>. um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, what I was saying is like, I, I it depends on the client base. I think for these advisors, the youngest advisors that have clients like that are in still accumulation phase are fascinated by this and, but, but they tread may tread lightly. And then, you know, some of the older advisors who are kind of like, their, their clients are just mostly older clients. They're pre-retirees about to retire in a couple of years, or they're already retired. Like, you know, as long as if they have enough income to sustain their lifestyle, they don't need, unless that client is excited about in new investment opportunities, right? Most for of these sure. people are just looking to live their life and be happy and their yeah. money's working for them accordingly. So I, it's mixed. I mean, I, I would say personally, I, like I haven't met a lot of other younger advisors that are super excited about crypto. Like, yes, um, they're interested, but they're very, you know, treading caution. And frankly, I think it's just due to lack of awareness and education. Like, you know, that, it, it always comes down to that, you know, that is an interesting point that you bring up because I would say that I've kind of felt the same, even from the younger advisors that are our age and, you know, we're both like 32 ish. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's an interesting point that even a lot of the advisors who are younger still kind of are cautious, I guess. Whereas, whereas like a lot of probably like our, our friends who are involved in the space one way or another, like my, my buddy Tyler works at Carta and he's a fund controller there um, covering traditional VCPE investments, but then also they're developing crypto space and he's like super into it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's an interesting point that maybe even the advisors in the space are uh, not as on the cutting edge as maybe other professions. I, I, I think that there, that's definitely valid. Um, and I also think that, some of these people who had a, maybe a good experience themselves in 2017, you know, they wrote up a wave and then they, when they lost yeah. money, they, they actually realized they couldn't stomach that much volatility and that then they, then they kind of, you know, bash the asset class and, you know, until something happens, it's like, you know, um, then, then yeah. they might change their mind or it might influence them. But that's the thing is like, if you can actually pay attention to trends before they happen and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be in, in a better position or an optimal position to cap to capture opportunities, right. And take advantage of those. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's what I'm all about, man. I, I, I am always fascinated by how fast and our society and, and the human species has developed over the last hundred years. I mean, look, it's a hundred years, it's 2022, a hundred years ago in 1922. I mean, there were barely, don't get me wrong. There were cars, but like there were still some horse and buggies lying around, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, let's yeah. be real here, okay? The, well, that's the how most people still got around. <laughs> yeah, like the telephone was just coming about, like, and, and like light and electricity, right? So, I mean, look at what we've done in a hundred years. It's insane. It's insane, right? So, and then in 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 the nineties in the dot com era, everybody bashed the internet. They're like, "What is this thing?" Uh, it's, you know, and then like yeah. people okay, are going to send me an email. <laughs> Yeah. And then don't get me wrong. A lot of companies didn't make it right. And, and that's oh, yeah. where fear and, you know, comes about, but like, we're in a, we're in a new age. We're in a new wave. Look, you can connect with your friends in the metaverse. What? You know, yeah, I, I saw a buddy's like, phone. He pulled up uh, his metaverse thing for the first time. I'd never seen it. And I was like, Oh wow, this is, I I'm still like suspect about the ready player one kind of mentality, but I, at this point kind of feel like it's got to be inevitable. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just that everybody has their own risk preferences. Everybody has their own uh, awareness and liking to their own things and hobbies and values. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to that, right? Like, yeah, you know, I think advisors will start to catch on and this is going to become more mainstream as more institutional money pours into blockchain. Sure. And, crypto. and we're already seeing yeah. that BlackRock, uh, Fidelity, um, oh, yeah. TD Ameritrade. I mean, they're all getting into the space in oh, yeah. terms of different, you know, different opportunities. And just to name a few of these opportunities so people understand, you know, what is out there in the applications. Okay. So like if you had to, to divide, I would say like four main categories of crypto. Okay. And the different projects and the different utilities, you know, you sure. have digital, digital currencies, right? Like Bitcoin is like yeah. is considered a currency. Okay, yeah. um, you know within digital currency you have like e-commerce, like op- opportunities for e-commerce, global payments, right? Remittance, um, you know, a P2P lending, microfinance, right? Then so that's one category. Then you have record keeping, right? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Think about so that's kind of like 
um, there's some smart contracts application, but record keeping alone, like, um, you know, this would be like for healthcare, title records, ownership, voting, intellectual property, everything could be tracked on the ledger. And, you know, it was just easily accessible and validated and like, yeah, yeah. transparent, transparency, right? Another third category, I'm going to get back to record keeping in a second, but third category is like securities, right? So how to invest in like derivatives, right? There's, there's, there's actual coins that could be considered securities, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Equities, you know, debt, things like that. And then the last would be smart contracts. So digital rights, you know, this could be applied in the music space, right? Um, yeah. You know, property, uh, wagers and, 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 and escrow. So there's different applications. You can go deeper into that. But, you know, specifically on uh, record keeping, you know, for example, like right now, like if you do a real estate transaction, right, you kind of have to rely on the uh, seller. Let's say you're a buyer and the, the seller providing all the necessary information to you, right, about that property. Oh, right? I, I could I could weave in a story here about my recent home purchase. So I, I want to hear it. I want to hear it in a okay. second. I'm going to tell you mine. I want to hear yours. So, yeah. for example, you know, legally they're obligated to tell you, but that's yeah. all that's all based on the specific interaction that you're having with that person at the time, right? Yeah. And and who knows if they're lying or not? Let's be real. Yeah. People take advantage of it. It's business. Okay. But if everything was fully transparent on a ledger, the past transactions for that place, who was responsible, the title, ownership, all those details, there's no questions. Now, some people may not like that because it changes the status quo, right? Yeah, the CIA would have trouble giving up, you know, their black budget. Like, but um, right, but it's better for society, in my opinion, long term. So I want to hear your story. So yeah, well, yeah. So it's interesting you bring this up as an example because if there were you know, a a blockchain based sort of record of home improvements or necessary fixes or upkeep to the home, like that would obviously alleviate a lot of the sort of, I've got to put my trust in this person that I don't know who is incentivized to sell me something that I am not, you know, qualified to inspect, right? So um, you, you kind of have to take people at their word and you do the best you can, you know, but ultimately it is, a leap of faith in a sense. So we buy this house um, in Sacramento. It's first home. And the wife and I take the dogs out to the park and come back. And my wife turns the corner of the bathroom and just screams. And I was like, oh no, what could it possibly be? <laughs> and she looks at me and it's like, did you clog the toilet? And I was like, I don't think so. No. But there was water coming up from the toilet, from the shower in that bathroom. And then back in the master bath, same thing, toilet and shower seeping up. What had happened was our um, clean out. So like where our, our uh, house yeah. main line fits the city line, yeah. they have what's called uh, a clean out. Um, this is all something that I know now, but it was this old cast iron thing that they had installed basically when they built the house in the seventies. So it's 50 years old and it was all rusted over and it was basically just catching you know, all of our poos and all the toilet paper and all this stuff until eventually it just pushed right back up. And, you know, like that didn't come up in the inspection. Like we had no idea that that was there, but you you know, it's easy to envision a world where you could see that stuff in almost like a checklist form. And you could just run through all these things and pull them up and see the associated transaction who yeah. came out and did the work? How long ago was it? Like all these things could easily be reported. And then, and then you don't have to have, you can feel way more confident going into these transactions because, you know, you know that all this stuff has been done and verified by both, by all parties. Right. Um, 
So that, that's my story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm sure that was like, and that sounds painful and obviously oh, gross, <laughs> but you know, that's this, the, these things happen way too often. So yeah, I just think that there's definitely applications with, you know, how blockchain can be applied in society. If people, if it were to be adopted and just be really transparent and obviously, yeah, it can scare people, but I think, I think, I think it would be for the better in, in certain applications. So yeah, yeah, yeah it, it definitely, I mean, just, I mean, compared to what, five years ago, 2017, like, I, I think you brought up a good point earlier, just look at all the people rallying around it now, you know, yep. Fidelity is a multi-trillion dollar asset manager, like, they're not, they're not, they're not doing this for no reason, you know? No, I know. Yeah, they're not. It's, it's, you know, as I said, it's going to become more and more uh, mainstream, you know, when these big institutions start to get in. I was, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm looking at a screenshot I have right now, like Fidelity by 7.4%, you know, this is an August 10th, 2021, 7.4% stake in Bitcoin miner marathon. You know, they're getting into mining. Um, they accept Bitcoin as collateral for institutional loans, right? Goldman Sachs, galaxy digital announce a milestone over the counter crypto trade. Um, this was, this was March 21st, 2022. This is like three months, two months ago, three months happening. It's all happening now. It's, um, yeah, you know, black, black rocks, Aladdin platform, um, you know, are, you know, is being used by every institution, including Vanguard and state street. This is happening. This is happening. People either you're paying attention or you're not ha- or you're not. Now, granted, yeah. there's still risk. There's always risk, but it's, sure. there's, it, there's if you're denying that these things are happening and there's not real moving of like a space and industry. Granted, it still takes you know for for markets to become more settled and more a little more uh, mature. It still takes time, but yep. there's definitely no doubt that things are happening, and I just find I find that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. Um, maybe let's uh, well, let's see. How are we doing here, bud? We're forty-ish minutes in. Um, down and keep going if you want. Like, yeah, I'm seeing. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what else maybe we didn't cover that people might might want to know? Or yeah, um, perhaps like lending. What lend? Like, there's some lending platforms, but now they're being regulated. I could we could comment on that briefly. Yeah. Um, like, uh, well, let's see. Um, what would I ask? So I, I do want to try and keep this tied in with the advisor too, because that's yeah, part of the plan. So, yeah. like, so like what, uh, what, what, what are your go-tos? Like what, when you're looking at the space and things that you use and things you recommend, like from, you know, just purchasing to like, you know, maybe the lending applications. Like I personally use uh, Nexo to put yep. some stuff on. Um, I don't know, like what, what are the things that you use that other advisors could go check out? Yeah. Great question. So, um, we, I use, um, first of all, I keep most of, most of our, my personal assets on like exchanges that I trust. So like, for example, Coinbase, because they have an insurance program, I've, you know, I've vetted it. Um, you know, again, there's a, we're talking two different conversations, right? my own personal, which again, none of this is investment advice. This is education only, you know, not suggesting, you know, everybody has to consult with their own advisor. It'll be in the, it'll be in the disclosures too, as part of the episode. Yeah. 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 Just just making sure I'm checking my boxes for any of my (laughs) compliance people out there. Um, But, you know, 
basically, right, my own personal versus like what people, you know, uh, what, what we might suggest or do for clients. As I said, there's really not many options right now for clients because it's such a new space, right? It's so, um, it's so new that it's still, uh, there's certain platforms and exchanges coming about that'll even allow advisors to custody uh, blockchain or crypto assets for their clients. So certain, certain lending platforms I've used as well. So like, you know, and now even the mainstream uh, like block, um, excuse me, Binance, Coinbase, you can stake or you can hold crypto uh, coins on there, certain coins. And if you stake with meaning you're technically, um, you know, providing liquidity to the network that that coin is on, you can get staking rewards. Think of this as like a return or kind of dividend, right? It's yeah. like in, in value stocks, right? Like you're the company makes enough money, they pay a dividend back to their shareholders. It's a, it's a similar concept. It's not exactly the same because it has to do with de- decentralized finance, but that's the idea. So like platforms like yeah. Blockfolio, Celsius, Voyager, Nexo, they have this. Now, um, I know that the SEC is cracking down on this. So yeah, they're looking I don't, at it for sure. I, I think that if you were, if you had had assets on there uh, at a previous date, I think like a, as of back a few months ago, I think before like March-ish, you are still going to earn interest, but any new assets that you put on right now, everything is on hold uh, because they're, they're debating whether the lending application of these um, of these platforms are really, or should be deemed as securities. So that's the whole thing. The SEC is behind, right? The government is behind. They're looking to crack down and same thing with taxes. Um, There's now certain tax software that's coming out that didn't exist a couple of years ago. Coinbase has a tax tracking system. There's another one called cointracking.info that you can check out. Um, and those are the, you know, those are the things that, um, you know, they're going to start picking up on. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I can, there's a couple other points I have, but I'll, I'll pause there for a second. Yeah, no, um, no, that's good. I, 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 the space is evolving really fast. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've been invested since 2017, basically, um, and sort of on and off in between, but like always more kind of as like a professional casual observer, yeah. I would argue maybe in the last six months, like six months to a year, I've gotten more involved, but, uh, the pace of like, what is available now versus even as early as five years ago is pretty, pretty nuts. Like, yeah. um, and it just, it just continues to expand. Right. And yep. And having the institutional backing coming in to sort of legitimize it as well as, you know, you know, hopefully fingers crossed, good regulation coming out of the government to, you know, continue to incentivize this new thing and not just regulate it in the ground, uh, but obviously do it in a, in a prudent manner. Um, yeah. It's an exciting time, like for sure. And and you know, I mean, we're we're gonna have some volatility here for for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, maybe um, with the markets too. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, for for sure. Um, you know, I, their government is is definitely coming up with incentives because uh, as well. You know, for example, there's a pretty cool um, new thing that I learned about mining and the facilities and all that that are like coming about in like rural places like Ohio, where yeah. some of these big tech companies are also moving their facilities, like. 
you know, for electricity purposes and like governments will like give you like an incentive tax incentive to like shut your electricity down or shut your power down. And you know, what's really even cool that I learned by the way, that mining, okay. You, they can repurpose like thermal, um, I've, I've, solar I was going to go there too. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. They're um, like using, uh, I am not a wildcatter in the oil and gas patch, but so forgive the terminology, but like the, basically the heat that comes off these things are basically converting that into energy for uh, these mining operations, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, it's awesome, man. It's yeah. awesome. So much. Happening. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's too much to like keep in, uh, keep up on particularly day to day. And we've got, you know, a software company to build. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I try and like, you know, you got to read a lot. You got to be like, I don't even do an, a, as good of a job. I have friends. Here's the, here's the, here's the trick. You got to have friends who are doing this more full time than yeah, you got to network unless yeah. you're doing it. Right. So like I have, yeah. I've paid for consulting. Like I'm in, you know, Jeff's program. There's a couple other couple, you know, oper- uh, couple of programs he has for education. I have a couple, I have a friend and accountability partner that we, we talk uh, investments with personally in this space. I have another friend who's involved in a couple other um, call it micro cap and just, you know, in the space as well. So like the trick is keep tabs uh, on things as much as you can, but have yeah. friends who are doing it right. So you guys can learn from each other and uh, yeah. that's what's worked for me, you know? Yeah. Um, what, uh, so what are your favorite like resources? Like if you, so, you know, where, where do you go to kind of stay up to date on various things? Yeah, good question. Um, so obviously like financial general financial news, like Yahoo Finance is a, is a great financial resource, obviously. Right. Like if you're subscribed to the wall street journal or like Bloomberg, you could learn stuff there too. But, um, you know, for me, if I'm trying to get quickly caught up on like crypto and stuff, honestly, a lot of times I hear stuff crypto from Twitter. Friends. Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> actually, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Twitter is a, yeah. uh, crypto Twitter is a great place as well. Um, and then like, you know, on these platforms, as I mentioned in the beginning, like on Coinbase, you know, they have news on uh, Binance, on coin, you know, coin market cap, coinstats.com, yeah. crypto.com. Right. Just like just having your five or six go to resources to be able to pull and just go, you know, check stuff out. But I really think having a network and a community that's in this space and doing what you're doing or learning like you want to learn is the yeah. most critical thing. And yeah. sometimes finding that is challenging. As I said, I I, I would I'm just going to shout out Jeff. OK, my, my buddy, For Jeff. Sounds like I should talk to Jeff. <laughs> he's You should. He's one of the only guys that I know that really is. I mean there's a few, don't get me wrong programs out there, but he really does a good job and okay. he has, he's built a community. Um, you know, there's risk again with everything, but yeah. you know, he's, he's educating people. And I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of value in, in that. And I think For more sure. advisors, I think more financial advisors need to learn. I think they need to, they need to like, you know, really, uh, focus on, on this a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, maybe I loved- maybe there's a space for uh, you know financial advisor, crypto specific sort of conference. I, Pro- there I, probably I, is. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, if- I'm sure that they're they're starting is, but there there needs to be, and I'm sure that will come about soon. Hey, maybe we should do it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, may- yeah. Maybe it's a selfless <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you brought up a uh, a good point. Like, I I personally catch a lot of my information off Twitter. Like, I don't use Twitter for anything else except basically investments and market news. So, yeah. that's all I follow. Um, so if you're into that, it's a good place to build. 
But uh, one thing that I really liked about Twitter, one of their new features, they've got these like live sort of like group chats that you can just drop in these days. Yeah. And when kind of like a clubhouse. Yeah. So like when Terra blew up, um, crypto Twitter went insane, obviously. And everyone had there were a couple of these really good um, like uh, I listened to Charles uh, Hoskinson, uh, Cardano's founder, talk for like an hour just live to a group of people. And just provided a ton of great perspective on, you know, the news of the day. Um, But yeah, like if if you're curious, like crypto Twitter is super active and they have these discussions all the time. So yeah, yeah, that's a great resource as well. I also get a lot because I follow the right people. I mean, I've built this for for over the years, but like Instagram for me on stories, like I just follow the right people. And, you know, I think there's, again, it's all about like your network and follow follow the right people. You know, that's that's the key. It's like follow leaders, follow people, you know, who are futurists who are doing stuff, making moves. That's the key. And then you kind of, you know, do your own research and, and uh, try and form a community. You know, that's that's the goal. Yeah, totally. Um, What would you think, bud? Uh, Shall we I feel like we've covered a lot. I think, yeah, yeah, I I feel like we did too. We, we, I don't think we've realized how much we've actually covered. And when we go back and listen to this, it's, I'm going to be like, Oh, wow. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, I hope this was helpful for people listening. I feel like we covered a lot of the basics and foundations. As I said, this pace is, fascinating there's so much moving i could probably we could probably do a, another session about you know oh yeah we'll for sure do more yeah yeah certain sure. topics but um yeah i think we've we've covered a good ground here yeah i, w- I would say so i mean i'll i'll leave it to you anything else you want to just kind of say about the space or you know your business yeah, the last, you are an uh, advisor. yeah yeah the last <laughs> thing I, i'll share i appreciate that i i would just say again you know if you're listening um, you know, sometimes when you hear things and after you listen to, uh, a quick, you know, video clip or a podcast, it can be often either really overwhelming or really exciting. And sometimes your excitement can lead you to make uh, immediate quick decisions without a lot of right research or thought process that might be in your mm-hmm. best interest. And it yeah. may not be in your best interest. Right. And then vice versa. Like I also see people who get really overwhelmed and they just take zero action. So what I would say is like, if you're listening and something that I always do is try and just capture three main themes, right. That's that resonated with you. Right. And what are the three next steps you should do if you're looking to either learn more or start investing in crypto or, or, or blockchain as part of your overall portfolio. If you are not sure where to start or what to do, and you're looking for an audit of your financial situation or your risk tolerance. Our team can help, right? Uh, Financial. Um, com. <laughs> can check, yeah. check it out, can schedule a time, uh, free strategy session. But we have a, a team, an incredible team, our uh, registered investment advisory group. Uh, it's called Certior Financial Group. And you know we really help clients. As I said, we have a process to help people understand the meaning behind their life, their money, their values, what moves them, what inspires them. And then we we tie in all of that you know, to their investment goals. And I think that's really important to do as an exercise before you just jump into any investment, just because you think it's the hot thing or, you know, you're trying to capture a a return, you know, you want to have a roadmap and a plan and a framework for yourself. So that's all I would say we can help, but, you know, again, do your research, take away three key, three key things and uh, don't overwhelm yourself and just enjoy your life. (laughs) Spoken like a uh, true fiduciary. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone, if you have questions, Greg's great. Um, he's been doing it a while. Uh, go check him out, Drowsdale Financial. 
Um, but thanks for doing this, bud. We'll, we'll definitely circle up and do this again. And, um, I mean, there's, um, there's a million ways we could go. So oh, yeah. plenty to talk about down the road. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. I appreciate having me on. It's a blast always. And, uh, it's valuable stuff that you're doing. People need to hear it. Advisors need to hear it. Financial services needs it. It's good stuff. So, uh, keep it up and, uh, to the next one. Cool, bud. Talk soon. All right. Thank you. Yeah.